The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus this morning. Oh, breathe upon us afresh, oh God. Let that be the desire in your heart. Let that be the cry in your heart this morning. Breathe afresh upon me. Breathe afresh upon me, oh God. Let there be an overflow of your presence. Let there be an overflow of your love. Let there be an overflow of your anointing upon me this morning. I'm here to experience you. I'm here to encounter you. I'm here to meet with you. I'm here to be changed in your presence. I'm here to be filled by you until I begin to overflow. Oh, have your way amongst us, oh God. Have your way amongst us, oh God. Let us see you in a new light. Let us experience you in a new way, oh God. Let us be touched afresh like by you, oh God, like never before. And we know that our lives will not remain the same. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. Come on, wave your hands to Jesus. Come on, wave your hands to him in expectation. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that is mighty and glorious in this place. We give you all the praise and glory. Father, as we go into your word this morning, we thank you for your word comes afresh upon us. We thank you for understanding comes. We thank you for light comes. And we thank you because more than ever before, we are changed and we are transformed. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Come and welcome someone beside you again and you may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Hallelujah. Is someone ready to receive from God this morning? Amen. So we've been exploring the subject love reigns here and we're just going to continue along that line as God helps us this morning glory to God love reigns here I mean when you say something reigns you know it means that something rules and so when you say love reigns somewhere it means that love is ruling somewhere it means that love is in control it means that love influences love influences so when we talk about love reigning we're we're looking at how can we ensure that the love of God is controlling us that we are ruled by the love of God and the love of God is what influences every aspect of our lives hallelujah and if we look at you know through the new testament particularly in the letters that were written by Paul this was something that was very very big in the heart of Paul. You know, many times he started his letters as it were by, you know, checking the love meter <laughs> of the people. You know, there were some people that, oh, he commended. There were others that, you know, he, he, he challenged. There were others that, you know, he just prayed for. And why is that so? Because getting to the place where we as sons and daughters of God are, are ruled by the love of God, having God's love reign in our lives is so foundational, it's so paramount, it's so important, you know. And, and, and to a large extent, the early church, many of, those, um, 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 many of those letters, they had a good understanding of the importance of, of God's love in their lives. And let's, we're going to just look at 
um, a number of those letters of Paul this morning. I'm going to start from, let's read Philippians 1, verses 9. Philippians 1, 9. I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. This will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all, becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. So Paul said, I continue to pray that your love will continue to grow and increase. I continue to pray that your love will continue to grow and increase. So wherever you are today, you know, your love can grow, keep growing. Your love can keep increasing. You can keep growing and increasing on the love of God because that is God's ultimate, what God wants to accomplish. That God's love will grow inside you, that you will grow in the experience and in the manifestation of God's love in every point in your life. So you can keep growing until you get to the point where you are completely controlled and ruled by the love of God. That the love of God determines your actions. The love of God determines your decisions. The love of God, you know, determines your priorities in life. That's what we're talking about. Until we get to the point where we are completely ruled and God's love completely reigns in us and around us. When you completely come under the influence of God's love. You know, and Paul said something here that when you get to that point, as you continue to grow and increase in the love of God, it will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all. You will be able to make excellent choices in life. You will be able to make the right choices in life. Hallelujah. How many of us know that we are faced with choices every day? To choose for God or to choose otherwise. But Paul is saying here that when you allow the love of God to grow within you. When you allow God's love to increase in your life. You will get to the point where the choices that you make in life are always the right choices. Are always the excellent choices. Are always the right thing to do at the right time. Why? Because you have gotten to the point where your thoughts, your desires and everything you do are influenced by God's love. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. That he made the most important choice that anyone could ever make. For mankind, by giving his son, he was driven by the love that he had for mankind. Paul said that you might become pure and without offense. Then you might get to the point where you become pure and you are without offense. You know, the Bible says that Jesus Christ said in the, in the gospel that offenses will surely come. Offenses will surely come. Amen. You know, but Paul said somewhere else that, you know, I live my life so that my conscience at all times is without offense before man and God. So despite the fact that offenses come into my life, I don't allow offenses to rule me. I don't allow people around me to dictate my actions. 
I don't allow people around me to determine my, 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 my intentions. I only allow the love of God to be the ultimate judge and the ultimate determinant of the things that I do in life. Of the way that I relate with people. Of the way that I react to things that happen around me. So it's not a function of what comes against you in life. But it's a function of what you have allowed. What you have stored within you. And the love of God that you have allowed to dominate you. Such that it determines the way you react. And the way you treat you know, and handle things that happen to you. So this was a point where Paul kept praying for the Philippian church that they would get to this point. Where the love of God truly reigns in their lives and in their midst. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 3 12 says, And may the Lord increase your love until it overflows toward one another. And for all people, just as our love overflows toward you. So Paul was obviously at the point where God's love was reigning in his life. And he had a strong desire to see this in the life of the Thessalonian church. And so he prayed for them also that the love that they had would get to the point where it overflows. And it's the same desire that God has for the church today. That our love will overflow. That love will overflow from our hearts. That love will rule our hearts and reign in our hearts like never before. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 We feel a personal responsibility to continually be thanking God for you, our spiritual family, every time we pray. And we have every reason to do so because your faith is growing marvelously beyond measure. The unselfish love each of you share for one another is increasing and overflowing. Now in 1 Thessalonians, Paul was praying that their love would overflow. By the time he was writing this second letter, he was already commending them. You know, that he could see the unselfish love that they had for one another. You know, that he was thanking God that their love, their faith was growing, already growing marvelously and beyond measure. Hallelujah. And that the love that they share for one another was already increasing and overflowing. Hallelujah. So when we realize that the subject of reigning in God's love, growing in God's love, you know, when we focus on God's love and make it, you know, like Paul said that, you know, make God's love your greatest quest. Make love your greatest quest. When we make love our greatest quest, we will get to the point where we overflow, where God's love increases in our lives and in our hearts. And it will be evident to all. Amen. At a point, it was a prayer point for Paul. But then when he was writing them subsequently, it was obvious that things had begun to change. Things had begun to shift in their lives. Hallelujah. Because he painted that picture before them. Ephesians 3.18 Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. 
endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Again, with the efficient, efficient church, you know, Paul was talking and praying again that they will get to the point where they will discover and understand that overflowing love of God. And they will get to the point where that love, you know, just flows out from them until it begins to, to just overwhelm every area and every aspect of their lives. So the trajectory of God's love is that God's love grows in your life and gets to the point where it begins to reign. It begins to dominate. It begins to rule. It begins to control and it overflows your life. That's the trajectory of God's love in your life. So we're not just recipients of God's love for the sake of it. God's love has been planted in your heart as a seed. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So if you are a believer, you are born again by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so that love already dwells on your inside. And God's desire and intention is that that love will continue to grow. It's a seed as a seed. But that love will continue to grow. That love will continue to expand. That love will continue to just overflow and overwhelm you and rule you and reign in every aspect of your life. So how do you actually get to the point where God's love truly reigns in your heart, in your life, in your endeavors? Because that's, what, that's the purpose of the love of God in our hearts. John 15 verse 4. John 15, 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It's by abiding in him. God is love. God is love. And the more we abide in him, the more we partake of that love. The more we are assured of that love. The more we connect to that love. The more we see the reality of that love. And the more we are compelled by that love. So the more we abide in God, the more we spend time in his word. The more we time, spend time in his presence. We are convinced of the love that God has for us. Of the magnitude of that love. We begin to understand it more. And we begin to yield ourselves to it more. And it becomes our second nature. It becomes our second nature. Glory to God. So by staying connected to Jesus is the instruction. By staying connected to the vine. When you maintain constant contact, constant contact with God. Who is the source of spiritual life who is the epitome of true love. When you learn to hang out with him, how many of us have, many of us have friends that we love to hang out with. Amen. And when we hang, the reason why there are particular people that we hang out with is because we have things in common. We have things in common. These are people that we can connect with. These are people that we can relate with. These are people that we know, we understand, and they in turn, they understand us. And when we learn to hang out with God more and more, then we begin to understand him better. Then we begin to understand his, his heart of love. Then we begin to understand that driving force of love. And then we begin to imbibe those things in our lives. We begin to imbibe those attributes in our lives. And the seed of love that God has placed on your inside begins to grow. Begins to grow. 
Amen. So when you choose to be in company with God, when you choose to be in company with the vine, hallelujah, you soak up the nature of God. You soak up that very nature of love and you become a product of God's nurturing. And you become a product of God's nurturing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then you can choose to share the joy of being loved by the Most High God. So staying in contact with God, abiding in Him, and just hanging out with Him. Constant communion with Him. And that love of God begins to overwhelm you like never before. The more you stay there, the more you drink. The more you become. That's what the Bible makes us understand. Now we're looking at the love of God. You know, God has unleashed this love upon us. Such that it reigns regarding our past. It reigns in our present and it also reigns in our future. When we come into contact with God's love, what happens to our past? Our past gets wiped away. And so we, are no, we no longer have to be controlled by whatever negative thing might have happened in our past. Because God's love completely wipes that past away. And when it comes to our present in, to, to our present state, as we drink of the love of God, as we get ourselves filled with the love of God, that love redefines our present life. So wherever you are today, as you put yourself in a situation where you are drinking and you are abiding in the love of God, that love redefines your present state. And what happens about your future? Because your present is being redefined, you have hope for the future. You have hope for a greater tomorrow. You have hope for a better tomorrow. And what you do today with the love of God ultimately determines what happens to you in future. So definitely we know that we have hope for the future because we are encountering and we are engaging with the love of God today. And that love continually transforms us and we know that our tomorrow is better and greater than today. Amen. So your past is gone. There's nothing you can do about your past, but there is a lot you can do about how you engage with the love of God and allow that love of God to redefine your today and to define your tomorrow. Now, some are, what are some of the things that, you know, happens as a result of engaging with God's love, as a result of experiencing and contacting, you know, the love of God? Number one, as you begin to allow God's love to grow in you, you must allow God's love reign in your life by ruling over your decisions. So let God's love reign by allowing that love to rule over your decisions. Amen. Your choices... Show who or what is currently reigning in your life. The choices that you make in life show who or what is reigning in your life. There are people that, you know, marriage women that is their husbands that is reigning in their life. And it's only whatever their husband says that they want to do in life. There are people, you know, in a career world that their bosses are their alpha and their omega. So it's only what their bosses say that they are allowed to control their lives. Amen. 
We find ourselves in different scenarios and different situations, in, in different, you know, different fields, different contexts, you know. And in everywhere we find ourselves, we would have to make choices and we would have to make decisions. The decisions you make, who ultimately, who is speaking into your life? Who is determining the choices that you are making? Whose agenda are you after? Do my decisions actually show that God's love really rules me? That God's love really controls me? And it, it, I, I mean, these things affect you as an individual and even the way that you relate with other people around you. The way you relate with people around you. Philippians 1.10, like I mentioned earlier, Paul said that, you know, the love of God will allow you to make the most excellent choices in life. Will make you follow the excellent way. Choose the path of excellence. Choose the path of God being glorified. Choose the path of God being your Lord and the ultimate dictator of what happens in your life. So God's love must rule and reign over your decision making. That popular phrase says, acronym WWJD, what will Jesus do? If Jesus were in my shoes, what would he do? If I'm living for Jesus, what choice would Jesus make if he were in my shoes? Allow the love of God to rule over your decisions. The second thing I'm going to say is that you need to view life from the lens of God's mercy. You need to view life from the lens of God's mercy and God's love. Amen. You know, God's mercy is a function of his love, ultimately. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.4 that God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. God is rich in mercy as a result of his love. The mercy, what's the mercy of God? The mercy of God is that, is that attribute of God that doesn't give us what we naturally should deserve. There are many times that we make mistakes. There are many times that we miss it. But if God should allow us to experience the consequences of our action each and every time, we won't be where we are today. Do I have any witness in the house? Many times it's the mercy of God that preserves us. And so the things that we should have had coming our way, God prevents from coming. And so... You know, the mercy of God is constant. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. So how about learning to view life, relate with life, see life with the lens of God's mercy and God's love? Romans 12, 1 says, I'm reading the Amplified Version. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren... And beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. 
in view of all the mercies of God, there are some things that we will naturally do. I'll come to that in a moment. Now, when I wear glasses to read, <laughs> and when I put on my glasses, it improves my reading. It makes me see clearer. It makes my, I mean, the text, I mean, appear brighter to me. So when we are saying, learn to see things with the lens of God's mercy, when you put on the lens of God's mercy, it changes your perspective. It changes your perspective to life. It changes the way you see yourself. It changes the way you view things. And what am I talking about? You know, when you allow the things that you see to be from the perspective of God's love, you realize that God has done everything for you. You realize that God has done so much for you. Do you know, many times we are always so focused on the things that I want. What can God do for me today? God, what more are you going to do for me? God, how are you going to make my life better? God, how are you going to increase me? And those things are valid. They are valid. But when you make a deliberate effort and a deliberate commitment that I'm going to see life from the lens of God's love and mercy, it amplifies the things that God has already done. You become more aware, you become more conscious of the, of, that, of the fact that I have everything already. Why? Because the Bible says that the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. So in reality, God has done everything for you. You have everything that you need from God already. God has done so much for you that you are not even, you know, um, 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 aware, you're not even conscious of. That's what happens when you, be, when you make a con conscious effort that I'm going to see life from the lens of God's love and God's mercy. That everything, the Bible says that God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he gave. Hallelujah. So there is a focus on all that God and the magnitude of all that God has done for you already. And you get to the point that you are asking, you know, like the song we sang yesterday, it's, it's, it's not a question of what you can do for me. Why? Because God has done everything for me already. And I get so awed, got to the point where I'm awed at all that God has done for me. And I'm asking God, what can I do for you? What next can I do for you? What do you want me to do, God? In response to this love. In appreciation for this love. In understanding that you have done everything else for me. What do you want me to do? What next do you want me to do for you, God? And you know, it just changes our perspective to life. It changes our perspective to life. And as we begin to have that attitude, every other thing will begin to show up. Every other thing will begin to show up. So when we see life from the lens of God's mercy and love, you know, we magnify and we amplify the things that God has already done that we might not have been aware of. That we might, I mean, that, that certain things around us might have closed our eyes to. So every day when you wake up in the morning, pick up your glasses of God's love and mercy. I choose to see that way today. 
And why? Because the Bible says that every day there's a new release of God's mercy. There's a new version of God's mercy. A new version just customized for you. New every day. And so you're saying, thank you, Father, because you have done this for me. Lord, I can see you in a new light. I know that you have sent your son, Jesus, and Jesus has, has taken care of every aspect of my life. And I know that I have confidence in you and I don't need to worry. You have done it all for me. God, what more can I do for you? I am at your beck and call. Here I am, send me, Lord. Because I realize that I have received so much, so much, so much, so much from you. Hallelujah. God's love compels us to live as living sacrifice. When we see things from the lens of God's love and mercy, we realize that we have been called to be living sacrifices to God. What does a living sacrifice mean? Ask Isaac. You know, many times I wonder in reading the story about Abraham and Isaac, they were going, Abraham said, we're going to sacrifice to God. And Isaac is smart. Along the way, he asked him, okay, I, I can see this, I can see the fire, I can see the wood. Where is the animal to sacrifice? <laughs> and Abraham said, the Lord will provide. Now, how did the Lord will provide Turn to Isaac being the one put on the altar of sacrifice. <laughs> and, I you know, and I wonder what must have been going on in, what exactly did Abraham tell Isaac, you know, to allow him to, you know, lay him on the altar <laughs> as, the, as the sacrificial lamb, you know? You know, but we've been looking at the life of Abraham about the fact that Abraham received, I mean, God preached the gospel, to Abraham. And there was, you know, a comment that God made, a word that God gave about Abraham, that I know Abraham. He will command his sons after me. So really and truly, you know, Abraham must have preached the gospel to Isaac. And Isaac will have embraced that gospel of sacrifice, of complete, you know, completely being sold out to God. And that was why he would have obeyed his father in allowing his father to sacrifice him, you know, to the most high God. He must have embraced that gospel with the whole of his being. That's the only way it could have happened. Amen. Now, a living sacrifice. You know, if a sacrifice is dead, if you're offering, you know, um, a, a, a dead sacrifice, as it were, that dead sacrifice is oblivious of whatever else is happening around it. But a living sacrifice, there is a choice to be made. You know, Abraham could have tied up Isaac. And after a while, you know, it does upon Isaac that, okay, no, 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 sorry. I don't want to die. And he gets off the altar. But Isaac had a choice in what Abraham was doing. And he allowed himself to be that living sacrifice. So when God asks us to be a living sacrifice, amen, we have a choice to make. And we are making a choice for God. We are making a choice to, to set aside desires, to set aside, you know, sometimes dreams, you know, to lay aside, you know, the, the, the path that you thought was the right way for you to go and to just pursue God's thoughts. Hallelujah. 
Now, when God is asking us to be a living sacrifice, we're not laying down our lives. Amen. Jesus Christ has paid that sacrifice for us. He has paid a price. He has given his life. So it's not our life we're laying down, but it's every other thing that we're laying down. And most importantly, it is our hearts that God is after. Most importantly, Psalm 51, Psalm 51, 16 says, for you do not desire sacrifice or else, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. So the sacrifice itself is not necessarily what God is after, but is the heart of sacrifice. It's the state of your heart that God is after. Amen. Jesus has already paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to appease God and to get us on God's side. Hallelujah. So we're not, we're not trying to, you know, the Bible, t I mean, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, yes, they talk about sacrificing to God. But how many of us know that God is not concerned about animals? God is not concerned about money. He doesn't need money. We say we sacrifice our money. God does not need money. We sacrifice our time. God does not need our time per se. But what God is after is our hearts. Is the state of our hearts. A heart that is sold out to God. Amen. A heart that is completely yielded to God. So most of the time, laying down one's life is not just, you know, one big event as it were. But it's something that we do on a daily basis. It's something that we do on a moment by moment basis. It talks about laying down your position, laying down your, your status. You know, giving up finances, giving up sleep, giving up convenience, giving up comforts. Amen. Doing whatever needs to be done just to ensure that God's love reigns. Just to ensure that God's will is, 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 is done. Amen. All our acts of service and all our acts of sacrifice. I mean, they're all parts of the call of the believer. Of the call that God has given the believer in ensuring that God's love is what reigns and God's love is what rules in your life. So many times there's a laying down of yourself moment by moment. There's a laying down of the things that you have moment by moment. There's a laying down of your comfort and stepping down of your desires and just taking the higher desire of God's love ruling and reigning in your heart. Hallelujah. The ultimate outcome of a sacrificial life and a renewed mind is the ability to distinguish the will of God for your present life. The ability to distinguish the will of God, the will of love, having love reign and having love rule in your life. When we trust God, when we trust God, we're trusting in the fact that his love has been shared abroad already. His love has been demonstrated to us. His love has been communicated to us. And when we allow ourselves to be ruled by that love, then we are securing our future. Then we're securing our future. And God is, will continue to lead us and God will continue to guide us in his will for our lives. When we learn to submit ourselves to his love. So when we lay down ourselves to him and we allow him to have his way in our lives, he begins to rule and to reign like never before. He begins to rule and to reign like never before. And we know that our path for tomorrow is sorted. 
is settled because we are hid in God's love. Because we have keyed into the love of God. Because we are assured of the love of God. And because we have made a choice to allow God's love to rule and to reign in our hearts. So you can make a choice to rely on the love of God. You can make a choice to allow that love of God, you know, to overflow in your heart. To understand and to see life from the perspective of God's love. And allow that love to make choices for you. And choose the excellent path. And ensure that every aspect of your life is ruled and controlled by that same love of God. Hallelujah. So Paul prayed and he continued to pray for the children, of, for, for, for the churches, for the early church. And we're going to take some time to pray this morning. You know, I trust, I know in my heart that there are people here that, you know, need to experience God's love afresh. You know, God needs to bring a new realization of his love. You need to put on the lens of God's love and God's mercy and change your perspective in life. And see God in a new light and see God's love in a new light. And when you embrace that love like never before, that love will begin to overflow in your heart and in your life. Let's rise up on our feet. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. Glory to God. I want you to begin to talk to God this morning. God's love has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And Paul prayed that the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all dimensions that the church will discover. So I wanted to pray this morning that more than ever before, you know, the Bible makes us understand that God's love is so high. It's so wide. It's so deep. You know, that you will encounter God's love like never before. That the revelation of God's love will come upon your heart like never before. And you being filled with that love, you will begin to manifest that love. You will begin to allow that love to dominate your life like never before. Come on, lift your voice and begin to talk to God this morning. Oh, let me encounter your love afresh today. Let me encounter, encounter the magnitude of your astonishing love in my life life today in all its dimensions. Let me see the love of God in the fullness of its magnitude. Let me see my life from a new perspective, from the perspective of God's love. Let me see and understand, oh God, all that you accomplished for me when your son Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. In the name of Jesus, come on, lift up your voice and begin to pray. Paul prayed for the church that they would have an understanding of the love of God, that that love will keep growing and increasing because it sorts out a lot of things. It settles a lot of things when we are assured in our hearts by, by the love of God. Oh, Oh, let your people experience how deeply intimate and far-reaching 
your love is. How deeply intimate and far-reaching your love is. In the name of Jesus, let your love, Almighty God, be poured afresh, be birthed afresh, be ignited, O God. Let your overwhelming love, oh God, fill the hearts of your people. Fill the hearts of your people. Fill the hearts of your people. Fill the hearts of your people until it begins to overflow. 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 Let there be an overflow, oh God, of your love. Until we get to the point that your love truly reigns. That God's love truly reigns. That God's love truly rules. That God's love truly controls. That God's love truly influences every aspect of life. Oh, Father, we give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we ask for a fresh visitation of your love upon every man, every woman, every boy, every girl in this place today. A fresh realization of the magnitude, of the depth, of the height, of the width, of the breadth of your love. Because when we get to understand your love, oh God, we will be overwhelmed by that love. Let us be overwhelmed by your love, oh God, like never before. In this day, in this season, in this age, let your love overwhelm your people, oh God. Bring them into a new revelation and a fresh realization. And let their lives, oh God, begin to be ruled by the love of God. Let your love truly reign in every aspect of that life because that is how we win that is how we win that is how we win that is how we enter into your fullness by allowing your love to reign in our hearts and in our lives thank you God Almighty because we know that we will not remain the same again as a result of our encounter with your love thank you Heavenly Father come on lift your hands to Jesus Come on, wave your hands to Jesus and say, thank you, Lord, for your love. <laughs> I'm stepping into a new view of your love. I'm stepping into a new realm of the love of God. And God's love is ruling and reigning. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop. Of Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email KMI Africa at Kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00 640.